Hey everybody, it's Lori here. Welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. Today we're mixing things up a little bit and I couldn't be more excited to share this episode with you. My guest today is Makosi, the Royal Shaman, human potential expert, spiritual ascension master. She is a fully initiated Zulu shaman trained in ancient Egyptian spirituality through the Dagon Mystery School. She now works as a spiritual guide and authentic shaman to help serious seekers fulfill their highest potential, mindfulness, and metaphysics mastery through the energetics of euphoria. Now, I know that's a lot, but really what you're going to take away from this episode are tools that are necessary right now for us to, as beauty providers, for us to stop feeling like we are stuck between coming out of survival mode and transitioning into our new beauty practices. She talks about how to start new patterns. She talks about how to confidently move forward even during uncertain times. This is a different approach to anything I've ever shared before. And I know that you're going to leave this show feeling full of hope and stepping into creating what you truly desire to have in your life right now. Enjoy the show. And as always, join me over in the Beauty and Success Launchpad group where I post the episode the day that it goes live on the podcast platforms. And I encourage you to share your thoughts surrounding the shows. I love interacting with you guys that way. So Beauty and Success Launchpad Facebook group, head over there and let me know what you think of the show. I truly believe this is going to be a game changer for so many of us that are struggling to find our way in our new world. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hello, and welcome to the beauty biz show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I'm a licensed esthetician, spa owner, industry consultant, speaker, and journalist, and the founder of the Beauty Biz Club, which is the only professional success-based society designed to dramatically up your bookings, increase your profits, and provide you with industry-specific resources that are needed to succeed. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the Beauty Biz Club, please visit beautybizclub.com. Now I invite you to join me as I feature inspirational messages from industry gurus and practical tips to tap into your best success. Stay tuned for some serious beauty biz entertainment. Hey everybody, it's Lori here, your host of the Beauty Biz Show. And today I have Makosi, the Royal Shaman. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to dive in with you today and, and let's make some magic together. You know, this is a different kind of show than I normally do. Normally it's a, a beauty entrepreneur or somebody who's created a beauty product, but I feel like you have a message that's going to be so helpful to what I call my tribe right now. So before we dive into that, I just want to know a little bit about you. Where are you located? Oh, I'm actually currently in the DC area, but plotting a move to Austin as we speak. Oh, a lot of people are heading to Texas. What triggered that move? I had no plans of it, but I, I follow my soul where I'm guided and a lot of things kept coming up for me. So my husband and I took our son, we went spent a week there, absolutely loved it. And so we're like, all right, let's do it. Let's go. That's awesome. You know, do you move around a lot or is this a big deal for you to relocate? Yeah, this is only the second time I've ever like really moved. And we only moved here two years ago. So it is a very big deal. So far this we've moved as like as an adult anyway. <laughs> now I was watching some of your Instagram videos and I'm like, I wonder where she is because I see a city behind you when out your window. And I'm like, I kind of miss that life. I moved from LA to Palm Springs. It's a little more quiet here. Yeah. Um, and then your son popped in the video, which he is adorable. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How does he feel about moving? In some ways he's excited about it, but in other ways, he's just not a kid that likes 
change until he's like in it. So we're making the move also partly because I know that he's going to love being able to just like be outside year round where we really don't have that option here unless you want to be, you know, freezing cold in the winter time. So I think he's going to ultimately enjoy it. Well, you know, what's funny is shaman work, which is what you do. I don't, you know, I, I do have a spiritual side. I have my little angel cards here and I'm burning my prosperity candle. And I love that, that part of, you know, tapping into and learning about ourselves and other people, but I didn't ever really know what a shaman was. And once I reached out to you, isn't it funny what we call into our lives? I'm a working esthetician. I've now had somebody who's in training to become a shaman. And then I had another client who is a social worker, the dean of a college out here, and she does the work as well. And she said, Lori, my best description of it is somebody who helps you do journey work. But I would love to hear just before we get started so people can tap into your energy, what it is that you do. What's your definition of shaman work? Yeah, I would actually say that I I probably work a little bit differently than how a lot of the shamanic practitioners work here in that at this point, I don't need a lot of tools at all. I don't have to take someone into, into meditation even. So really what I see my work as is just serving as a bridge to help people reconnect with their, with their spirit, with this unseen aspect that is the part of them that is creating the patterns in their life of what they actually are experiencing in this very concrete physical experience. What are some of the most, tell me one like really beautiful thing that you saw happen when somebody started investing in this type of work? Oh my gosh. There's been some absolutely incredible things because I do work mostly with entrepreneurs. I'm always blown away by some of the incredible financial results that have happened to date. The client that I've had that she she's pretty well known in the space, Manifestation Babe. Her real name's Catherine Zankina. Her greatest results, she went from 600K launches, which was, I mean, that's an incredible. And I think last I checked, she had a $2.4 million launch from the time that we've spent together, which is not even, we haven't even hit a year yet. And the ones that really get to me though, are the, the healing of family relationships that are not even necessarily the intention, but by focusing on, on who we're being that actually ends up influencing how we interact with family that we maybe disagree with, or feel like we don't fit in with. And these things just begin to resolve themselves without you having to even put a huge focus on, I need to fix these relationships. It's a beautiful side effect. Well, tell me a little bit about, so I always love to know what somebody's first job was because I believe it's part of our divine destiny. Like it comes back later on when we step into our purpose in a way where you go, oh, I get that. So what was your first job, very first job? Did you have to go to work at 16 like I did? I actually worked much younger than that. When I was 13 years old, I wanted a cell phone. And I also got into beauty pageants back then. And my mom was like, yeah, I'm not paying for this. So you better figure out some way to earn money. And so I started tutoring children, mostly in in math, also English, a little bit of, of science. And so I started with two kids that I tutored a couple times a week, made enough money to pay for my cell phone bill. You were a communicator at a young age. <laughs> yes. And also um, teaching has popped up quite a bit for me. Me too. I used to open the garage door and I grew up in Vermont, so it was freezing cold. Anytime I could open and I would have all the neighborhood kids come in. I had a chalkboard. God only knows what I was teaching them, but I love standing up there and pointing things out. <laughs> so I love the teacher thing. And back to the gal, which is a manifest babe. That's how I found you. So I'd like to give her a shout out. One of her students said to me, Lori, have this gal on your podcast. So I need to get in touch with her too, because people really love her work. 
Yes, she's absolutely amazing. Okay, so I'm curious, and I'm all bouncing all over the place because I've been so excited to talk to you. <laughs> Have you found that the work that you're doing has shifted or changed a lot through what we're dealing with now in our current culture? For sure. And I am foreseeing that that's only going to be magnified as people just really are kind of rejecting the way that we were working and the way that we were running business before. I see a ton of people who, especially female entrepreneurs, who realized that the the way that they were operating before was not really in alignment with the kind of life that they wanted to live, their their gifts, their talents, et cetera. So my gift has, or my um, work has definitely shifted mainly because before, before this pandemic situation, so much of my work was focused around really just the spiritual. And now I've made this transition. I'm, I'm leaning into it more and more of really supporting entrepreneurs in creating sustainable businesses that allow them to be their, their fully expressed selves and have an incredible life while they're at it. I did read, and I thought this was interesting, that you were in the corporate world. Tell me about that. Can you like share where you worked and what your job was? Yeah. So I actually have a background in, in sales, especially, as well as management. So I worked in a lot of different sales roles, anything from jewelry to high-end mattresses like Tempur-Pedics. I also worked eventually at the one that's most notable that people have heard about is my last real quote unquote job was as a manager at Target when I (laughs) graduated from college. And then from there, I moved on into direct sales. That was in, I don't know, 2014, 2013, and really spent a few years in that. And ever since then, I've had my own business. I've just been, I've gone through a few different phases of of business, first starting with sales. Then I moved into doing marketing kind of on the back end for small businesses and then have transitioned that into now my business is more like coaching. So you wrapped it all up into a, a just a perfect package. Tell me about the first time you thought, okay, I'm supposed to be doing something else and how it led to you going to, you went to Africa to be trained. Is that correct? Yes. I want to hear all about this. So if you could start at the first time the light bulb went off and take me through that journey. Mm. Well, there was always, I kept having this pattern in my life where I would experience a certain level of success. And then I would be like, oh, but this is like, is this what I'm really here for? But things really set off alarm bells. When I was in direct sales, I was in a company called Pure Romance, which is feminine and also intimacy enhancing products. That's a little bit of spiciness for those who know what I'm talking about. But I soared to the top of that company. I was in the top 2% of that company very fast. And anyone who's been in any network marketing or direct sales company knows that when you're at the top, you're getting, you know, free trips to Vegas and, you know, designer handbags and mansion parties and all of these things and, you know, getting to go on stage and while all of that was amazing, I realized at the time I was only, I don't know, 24, 25. And I was like, wow, this, this is not fulfilling. Like it was, it was great. I loved the women and I loved what I was doing, but it felt like I was meant to be doing something more. Like I had more potential that I hadn't even begun to really tap into. And so that was when I just began to ask the question, like, who am I? Who am I really? What am I here for? What what can I be doing in the world? And that opened up a lot of really interesting synchronicities that ultimately led me to enter into a spiritual initiation. And my original intention was not, I'm going to become a shaman. That was not ever on my radar when I first started on this journey. 
I really just had the intention of like, I want to become the best version of myself that I can be mainly because I love my husband and I love my kid. I was like, I really want to be a great mom. And so it was just like a, a spiritual and personal development journey at first. And it was only through the five years of being an initiation, traveling back and forth to Africa, that it began to come out that I really was here to, to teach others, to support others, to be doing this, this kind of work in a really big way. And so that was when I came back, back in 2018, and just opened up shop and was like, all right, let's go. Let's see where this takes us. Tell me about what the schooling was like in Africa. Did you bring your family with you or was it a journey where they just really honored the fact that you wanted to create this and they let you do your thing? Yeah, for the most part, they really let me do my thing. My son did come with me on one of the trips. He did spend three months with me while I was in Africa going through this process. But the initiation process really is was happening here as well as there. So there's an educational component where you're essentially learning and really deconditioning, letting go of all of the education that you've had, essentially, and being able to see things from a more traditional or indigenous perspective of the way that the world works, the way that spirit works. And then also there are certain protocols that we also go to to help help us to connect with spirit more. And those, those can be simple things like we would, you know, do 10 day fasts sleep. I slept on the floor (laughs) for like four of those years. The majority of those years I was sleeping on the floor. We don't eat certain things during that time, like dairy or sugar, you know, very little egg or caffeine. But then there also are some more intense parts, especially when I was training to actually become a shaman because there are different there's different levels to this there's different processes that you go through but in order to actually gain the title of makosi there are certain medicines that you have to take there are certain um tests that you have to pass um some of them I can't really talk about but the most notable one is we actually have to do a test where we can prove our sight, our, our spiritual sight. And so anyone who's there will hide things anywhere in the house, or they could hide it in the yard. And they will essentially tell you, I've hidden something. And then you have to come and you, and you sit, you essentially go into, into trance and you have to find the hidden object without them telling you even what the object is and without you getting up from where you are. Oh my goodness. And you know what, that part of that is just confidence and listening to your intuition, right? And not questioning yourself. Absolutely. That's the biggest part is in this work is we just never know when what we're getting intuitively is a message or, or something important that needs to come through even though it might not make any logical sense. I started reading a book yesterday. I sat in my yard all day long reading. I haven't done this in so long. And it was really talking about tapping into our femininity. And one of the things mentioned is the first thing you should do when you wake up in the morning is not scroll through your phone, not give anything to anybody else until you ask yourself in the morning, what is it that I need today? And I thought, oh my goodness, that is such a power. I did it this morning and it centers you and you feel so good and you can tap into what you need during the day. I thought, what a gift that sentence in the book was. Yeah, it's amazing that it's something so simple. What we find when we are constantly, either when we wake up, going to scroll and and cater to everyone else or before we go to bed, scrolling, catering to everyone else. What we find is that now we end up running around our entire day like a chicken with their head cut off because we are in reaction mode versus coming from this very centered place, this very embodied place of, okay, this is where I am. This is what I need at this moment. 
and today, these are the things I want to get done and putting yourself, really putting yourself first. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I used to be a flight attendant. It goes back to that forever ago old saying that take the mask, put it on yourself first before you help the person in the seat next to you. So there's power in that. And this kind of segues into why I was so excited to have a conversation with you today. There's no denying that the entire world has been disrupted. I think that my industry, many of us, some of us are still out of work. We had to stop working. Can you imagine one day somebody said, no longer do you get to do what you want to do? Just stop right now. Stop. And three weeks led into a year. I feel like so many of us are coming out of survival mode, right? It's a massive transition getting back into the game. I feel like there are a million things thrown up in the air and we're waiting for them to fall in certain places. And then we have clients coming back in with a lot of emotions they're sharing with us. And you said something the other day in one of, maybe it was your YouTube videos, like, oh my goodness, we're really feeling out of alignment. And I want to talk about some of the tools that you share to help you get back into alignment and a new world that we're living in. Mm -hmm. There are so many places to start, but the very first that I recommend to most people is to really start with cleansing spiritually. And because the emotions are such a, a pivotal part that we sometimes try to suppress or ignore, <laughs> but they're so having, you don't even know they're in there sometimes, right? Like right. heavy. Yes. So heavy. So it can be a very simple thing, like a salt bath, very simple salt bath. I actually prefer if you can do this, I actually like to take them like first thing in the morning versus right before bed. That way you can cleanse and then just be with yourself for a minute and then see what kind of comes up throughout the day. Whereas if you do it before bed, you're just going right to sleep usually and not able to actually process what comes up. But a simple practice of either, you know, journaling what's, you know, what's coming up for you, just being very honest and true about what it is that you are feeling and also releasing them. So I think, I think we should change it from like an apple a day keeps a doctor away, but like a cry a week <laughs> keeps your sanity. Like <laughs> everyone should be crying regularly. And um, the other piece as well is really grounding yourself. I, mean, I, I know that we talked about this moment in the morning but my favorite thing to suggest to people is like, take off your socks, take off your shoes and put your feet on earth for just five to 10 minutes to really get present to this moment. Yes, it's been an absolutely insane period of time that will forever change <laughs> the way that we operate. It's imprinted in us, but it doesn't have to be an obstacle to us. We can actually use this as an opportunity to now find our power and really choose and say, okay, yep, these, these things happened, but now where do I want to go from here? What do I want to create from here? Where is my power in all of this? Because no matter what the situation, we do have power that we can tap into and create from. Thank you for that. And I feel like if people just stop for a minute listening to this and think about all the strength that they have gained over the last year, they'll surprise themselves, right? I, I think many of us still feel overwhelmed and frazzled, but the truth of it is we've all become pretty powerful. I was just saying the other day, I don't care where you are politically. I don't even talk about politics, but my opinion is, oh my gosh, a mom that has had to run a business and a family for the next year needs to be way up there in our political party right now because they have learned how to manage and become so powerful. Yes. <laughs> so, <I agree. laughs> you know, one regret that I have 
and I don't live a life of regrets. I, I, I believe in live and learn, but one regret that I have, I was just thinking about this yesterday. Gosh, darn it. I wish I could go back a year ago and journal everything I was feeling every day mm. because I would love to go back and, and read about the transition that I've gone through in the last year. And that's such a great way to do it. So that's something I want to start now, but Oh my gosh, a year ago, I was mopping my floors and scrubbing the grout and didn't know what to do with myself because it was very foreign to all of a sudden not be doing anything all day long when I had run three businesses and was speaking all over the country. And it was just crazy. So journaling is so powerful, not only in the moment, but to look back at how far we've come. It really is. But I'm also with you. I am not a consistent journaler. I tend to go to my journal only when I'm in, in a transition period versus being someone who regularly journals. And I will also add as well that there are other methods and I am always about really aligning with who you are. So my other method is dance and allowing energy to move because I'm a very in the body type of person. And if you are that kind of person, allowing yourself to set the intention of dance movement every single day. Absolutely. That's so funny because that book I was reading yesterday was actually talking about that too. She found her, her groove and her movement in tribal dance, like African tribal dance. She didn't know she had it in her. She was a trained dancer, but her feet on the ground, like you said, Mm -hmm. feeling the earth and putting your hands up to the sky and, this whole feminine power thing is very foreign to me, but I'm loving learning about it. I'm stepping into it. Yay. I love yeah. that. Tell me what your day looks like. Like, what is it your day and body? Ooh, what is my day and body? Well, I am a pretty, a pretty flowy person, but I do have what I call scaffolding, which is like a loose structure to kind of segment my day. So in the mornings, I usually wake up around six or 6.30 and I need to have about 45 minutes to an hour to actually wake up (laughs) and ground myself. That could look like me going over to my temple. I try to go there before I speak to anyone. I go there and just connect with my ancestors, my myself, what it is that I'm creating on that day get my coffee. I might sit down with, with a notepad and just jot out whatever's coming to mind because whatever is in the mind, it needs to come out or it's just going to plague you and keep throwing reminders. It's almost like your mind gives you notifications, right? Then I usually get my son up, make sure that he's packed, send him off. He's still technically homeschooled, but he goes to a center in the day so he can spend time with other kids. And I will come back, make some breakfast, maybe have a few meetings or create something. Then usually in the afternoons, I'm, I'm winding it down, might take a nap. And then usually in the evenings, loving this piece. Recently, I started incorporating Pilates and I am absolutely loving it. For the first time in my life, I'm actually enjoying (laughs) going to the gym or or somewhere to exercise. And then I, you know, wind down with some, with some tea, talk with my husband, read a book to my kid. And that's, that's pretty much it, but it, it can be very flexible. Well, I know people are going to want to find you. And this is kind of a combo for my next question is where do you spend your time online? Yeah. So most of my time is on Instagram these days, mainly because that's just where a lot of my people hang out is on Instagram. I can also occasionally be found on Facebook, but I'm a little bit more, a little bit more casual on Facebook. What is your Instagram handles for people that want to find you? Yeah, it's at the Royal Shaman. And actually, they can find me, The Royal Shaman, pretty much anywhere, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or my website. Now, you mentioned a while ago, you had to earn your name. Tell me about that. Mm, yeah. So uh, Makosi is a title, actually, meaning king 
or chief. And it's a title that's bestowed on us after we have gone through an initiation process and graduated, essentially. So we have to have passed all of our tests. We had to go through all of the processes. And then once we've completed all of those, then we we either become known by, in my case, Makosi, or we could be called Gogo. So some will call me Gogo, which means grandmother. Or if I was, you know, a man, it would be Nkulu for grandfather. So it's it's similar to like if you were going to go through medical school at the end, once you've graduated and you've passed all of the tests and you've gone through the process, you've learned all of the foundational pieces, then now there's a title that's conferred on you that now, you know, as a mode of respect, people call you by that. Okay. So I have two questions surrounding this. Okay. Number one is, does your family call you Makosi? Ooh, well, certain members of my family do. Like my husband will usually call me Makosi or he'll call me Hafisa because I also gained that name in the process of of initiation. The one that does not is my mom. (laughs) She's like, I named you and I will not call you by anything other than what I named you, but we don't see it as like replacing names. It's really just each name is, is kind of expressing a different energy that that person comes with. And so it becomes almost like in game of Thrones when Daenerys Targaryen was introduced and she had like all of these titles, like mother of dragon, (laughs) freer of slaves. It's kind of like that. So Second question is, now in my industry, there is a, a stigma and you're not supposed to be successful stigma attached to most beauty professionals. And I've worked hard to elevate my industry to go, no, 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 you deserve this. So when you got the name, I'm just curious, it's kind of in line with, with my industry and how we are portrayed. Did you feel guilty taking the name at all? Was it something you had to work out or you just said, I earned this, I'm stepping into it and embodying it and owning it? Oh, no, I definitely had to work through some things. I know in in a few different industries, but specifically your industry, that's definitely a thing. But I think it's a thing that women overall really struggle with owning their genius and owning what they've what they've been through, how they've evolved, et cetera, because we, are told that, you know, we, we should be humble. (laughs) We should be humble that, you know, we should just be satisfied. And while I think we can be in gratitude and we can also honor that we are always learning, we're always learning, but we can also really just own that. Yes, we have achieved a certain, a, a certain level and that to be honest, I just don't see a lot of men struggle with that at all. In fact, I see quite the opposite where they are just like taking credit for all sorts of things that they didn't even create. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. And women tend to be, not everybody, on the opposite end of that spectrum going, no, 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 it's okay. You go ahead. You take that. You, I'm just going to sit back here and be okay with it. Yeah, that's interesting. And maybe this whole shift right now, like you said, is allowing us to step into our power and and see things differently. And we have to. And one of the things that I also, I've been cyber stalking you, listen to you talk about, because now let's transition into business and, and embodying confidence there because it's needed. And this is probably a good time to segue into that. It's pricing. Let's talk a little bit about pricing because I feel like for beauty entrepreneurs and maybe for people who do your type of work where you're healing, helping people heal and take a spiritual journey, it's hard to go from that. I call us pampering people pleasers. So it's really hard to pamper and to please and then say, please pull your wallet out. Now you owe me 200 bucks for a facial, right? (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about finding people that value what you do because you you speak very confidently to this. And I think it's a message my people will really love to hear. Mm. Yes. 
I, people ask me about, about pricing and about money and, and value all of the time because it is such a hot topic right now. And especially when we're talking about income inequality between men and women, part of it is that women simply don't as a whole, this is not every single one of us, but as a whole, we, we simply are not holding a, a certain standard for, for ourselves and, and how we perceive our worth in the marketplace. One of the big things that I think is so important is to, first of all, separate your value as a human being from the value of the service that you're offering or the product that you are offering. So many of us, because like this is an expression of who we are, we can take it really personal, really, really personal when either someone says, oh, well, that's not worth that. Or if they even just putting a number on like it, we, it's almost like a personal thing. Am I worth that versus recognizing that this is this is a marketplace. Your value as a human is infinite infinite. So what we're talking about is just the value of what it is that you're, that you are bringing into the marketplace. And then the other piece is I love to have my clients ask the question, well, who is the kind of person that would actually value this most? And this is an identity question. This is not about all, you know, demographics, Oh, she's probably, you know, 35, lives in, you know, the Midwest, has two kids, drives a Subaru. Like, no, we're talking about on an identity level. What are the choices that she's making? Who does she see herself as? And how does what you're offering align with her identity? And so then you have to be speaking to and positioning what you offer to the person whose identity aligns with that which you're bringing into the marketplace. I love that because the easy work is figuring out the demographics, Mm -hmm. especially when you have a brick and mortar type business. You know who your demographics are. You just want to niche it down a little bit. But who is this person that's going to honor what I've invested into my career? Yeah. And why is the hard stuff. But once you figure that out, oh my goodness, you become a client attraction magnet. Yes. And that, I mean, that's the easiest way to really become known for something. The biggest trap that I see people really buying into is, well, what I have is great for everyone. Yes, it probably is. And, and I hope that you are, you are thinking about things in a way that can solve problems for a lot of people. But I'm asking specifically who values it the most already, not who you have to go and educate for three years, who you have to convince that this is worth it, who like what are what is that person going through or has experienced that you can connect with them on where they are like, oh, my gosh, this is a no brainer. For example, today I'm drinking out of this glass. It has medicine in here. Please ignore the color. (laughs) You can't really see on the, on the computer. So, okay. It's a glass bottle and there's, you know, and there's crystals in there and it has bamboo. So the person who is going to really care about this, I'm someone who I'm detoxing from heavy metals, right? I care about the environment. I also am knowledgeable already. I don't want plastics going into my system. So yes, is this bottle great for any and everyone? Sure. But when you speak to who that person is and what they care about and who they see themselves as, that's when, I mean, I spent spent $150 on this bottle for my water. I mean, that's an incredible example. I love that. Thank you. Because that that helps people make sense of the advice that you're giving. And I will take it even one step back. Really, you triggered a memory. It's that journey work you're good at in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) And 
I remember when I first started my spa business in the Mecca of beauty, Los Angeles, right? I would have people come in and it was also during the failing economy. And this is something else we're going to talk about in a second. It was during the failing economy when everyone was telling me I should not be successful. I should get a real job. I provide beauty. Nobody's going to invest in that. And my clients were coming in and kind of, I felt like at the time, nickel and diming me, even though my rent was astronomical in LA. And I would listen to them and I would feel bad and I would give them a discount. And then they'd come in like a few weeks later with a Rolex on. Look at what my husband just bought me. Or we just got back from this incredible vacation in Hawaii. And I had to transition into being the type of person who thought, this is not okay. I've invested in my skill set and I've invested in my products and the results that I get. And I had to let go of all of those clients by changing who I was to welcome in bigger and better and things that were in line with the respect that I wanted in my business. So quite often, our pricing is directly related to how we feel about ourselves or how we are letting others feel about us. Mm -hmm. Does that all make sense? Because I feel like I just threw a lot out there. No, that is one of the biggest windows of opportunity to recognize. I had a, a similar situation where when I came back from initiation and I and I started working my very first group program, you're going to laugh, but I charged $97 a month for that program. And what I got was a lot of people who were like, you know, can I get it half off? Can I, and mind you, there's like a weekly call. It was 97 bucks a month. Now, mind you, now I charge over six figures to work with me one-on-one. And that's not because, just because, quote unquote, I'm worth six figures, but what I am facilitating is in the marketplace valued at well beyond that. I'm very comfortable that my clients are probably going to see at least a 10x return on their investment. So we have to look at, well, number one, who, who am I being that is attracting and tolerating these like people who just are not honoring what it is that I actually do? And, you know, I, I know that a lot of people may, may be familiar with the law of attraction, and it's not that we only attract one thing, but when we are feeling triggered or upset by it, then that's telling you that there's an opportunity there for you to evolve and to to elevate yourself into another level, right? And I also am a, a big proponent of people really just don't honor things that are cheap or free. They really honor what was an investment in alignment with you know who they are and where they where they are of course always but i don't believe in just like discounting your stuff to just discount or allowing people to nickel and dime you just very nicely thank you but no thank you yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i it's it goes on so many different levels you know just last week i had a lady come in that i hadn't seen in a year and She said, oh, I want this one lotion. And I pulled it out. She's like, that's expensive. And I said, well, you decide. Let me know if you want it or not. And that's it. She took it. But it's, I'm not going to let somebody fuel me. Either want it or you don't. And you have to remain calm. But going back to talking about people honoring you, pricing yourself properly. You said something the other day that was so powerful This is the hard work when we have to change how we are showing up. And you talked about it in a way that was, I was folding my spa laundry. I felt like Cinderella, right? You're getting ready for the ball, doing that that work that's not so fun. But you said something and I'm like, oh, she hit it perfectly. It's the medicine and medicine that makes us better is often the bitter, not so tasting beautiful. Please share that with my (laughs) listeners, (laughs) that that philosophy or theory. (laughs) Yeah, so this is really... One of those, one of those things that we understand in, in authentic spirituality 
And I was bringing that out into it, but I was talking about it as it relates to business. And so often we think that everything should just be sweet, but in nature, poison is actually sweet and medicine is bitter. Medicine is something that it's like a challenge. (laughs) I'm thinking about even this medicine that I'm drinking that's in this glass bottle right now. It's a tincture and it is bitter. There's nothing delicious about it. But then you look at sugar, for example, and this is not to say that you cannot have a piece of chocolate cake, but sugar is poisonous to the body. It's not helping the body. So if you understand that universe, really all of the universe exists within us. So we can learn lessons from nature and apply it in life. So rather than just seeking what is easy, the easy thing is like, oh, I'm just going to find a new strategy, (laughs) right? I'm just going to watch some more YouTube videos, right? The hard work is the reflection and the development inside the bitterness of looking in the mirror and seeing where, where is my power, which is also responsibility. What can I actually change here without feeling like I need to control everything? Just focus on what I have power over, which is the self. And sometimes that involves slowing down, right? Will you affirm that? Like slowing down helps you power up. I feel like so often people think, well, I just want to go to my spa and work on my clients. They don't understand you have to do the other work to grow your business, yourself, on your business, on your finances. I would say that it's actually 80%. 80% self, 20% actually what you're doing like what is actually manifested in, in the world through your skill set is your sugar. It's the easy, sweet part. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's the easy part. And here's the, here's the thing that if we're looking at what really differentiates people, you can have two people with similar training, similar skill set, right? Because there is a correlation with how much time you spend doing something that develops your skill set, right? You you spend a little more time on it, you become more advanced. Also, there's a little little component in there of just natural talent that you have for what you're doing. But then the big piece is most people are not willing to be honest with themselves to do the inner work, to do this, you know, the things that are that take you slowing down. And examining like, wait, what is the pattern here? And how can I shift out of that pattern and experience something different? Most people aren't doing that. They are, where's the next sale? Where's the next buck coming from? Go, go, go. And it really is a process. I operate in in 90-day increments and I will spend at least two of those 90 days segments or quarters in the year really doing more of the unseen hidden work where I'm not pushing anything out. I'm not out there doing a ton of videos, et cetera. I'm really kind of in the zone, putting things in order behind the scenes. And that's internally. So if somebody is listening today and they want to start a new pattern, What is the first step? Mm. So the new pattern first has to come from honest evaluation of what are they actually experiencing? The reality, not the emotional piece. Because so often when we say, oh, I'm experiencing this, it's actually just the emotion of what, what is happening. It's not the reality. So first, actually looking at what is actually happening, not how you feel about what is actually happening. And then the second step is to look at 
Well, if I want to have a different experience, what would that experience be? And then who would I be? Who do I need to be in order for that experience to become a reality? So for example, if I have an an experience of clients canceling all the time, and I want to have a different experience where my clients are on time and if they cancel, they cancel, let's say, twelve with 12 hours notice, right? A decent amount of notice. So then I have to ask, well, who would I be that would actually allow that to happen? Well, I would probably have to have an ability to communicate my standards, right? And so I'm going to be looking at, well, wait, where can I be a better communicator? So I need to be a good communicator. And then the third step is to now just focusing on 1% action per day from the person that's a good communicator, then what do I do? But if most of us just skip (laughs) the, the part of like, wait, who do I need to be? And we just jump to doing, but you the things that you're doing are only as good as the version of you that's doing them. I love that. I have an online membership. It's kind of my, you know, where I train these spa owners to stand in and and really have boundaries and policies and procedures. And you just gave a perfect example. If you communicate these things beforehand, it takes the weirdness out of the whole cycle, right? If your client does disrupt your schedule, you have the communication to gently remind them why this is not okay. Mm-hmm. So compassionate communication, it doesn't have to be bold or you know aggressive. Just this nice flow of communication can change everything and changing patterns. Yes. And the energy of who we are being, when, when we were speaking earlier about some of the results that I've seen people have, When you begin focusing on the energy or who you are embodying, what version of yourself you are being, that is what actually is permeating in everything that you're doing. So that's how, sure, maybe we start with, you know, being a, being a great communicator because that's, you know, going to change this pattern over here. But I can guarantee you, if you are not a great communicator of your boundaries, That's also filtering into your relationships with your spouse or with your kids or with your friends or your part, your business partners and so on and so forth. So it begins to have this ripple effect because we are holistic beings. We don't have to focus on just one area for it to actually be able to to infiltrate and, and really create a different pattern in lots of different amazing ways. Yeah. It ripples out just like when the raindrop hits the water, you see the little ripples and it goes everywhere. I agree. You know, I pick a word every year and then I heard Oprah say, I don't know, a while ago, a year or two ago, she goes, when you pick that word, you earn it. And my word January, 2021 was transition. And I had no idea the ripple effect this was going to cause on my life, but I went through these moments. It was almost like the the stages of grief, right? Where you got angry and denial. And now I've stepped into this acceptance and really I'm starting to see a transition in who I am and how I show up. You can never stop learning and growing in that area. Mm, I love that so much. Yeah. So I do you believe in old souls. I talk to you and I feel an old soul, like just literally spewing out of you. Yes, I do. And I don't at the same time, I won't get, I won't get too into it because it could be very complex, but my perspective is that we might perceive someone as being an old, old soul, because according to our perspective of time, sure that maybe that soul has been here many times before. But I also believe that actually all of those things are happening simultaneously and that we can access these different these different lifetimes through a little word called intuition. <laughs> oh, 
Well, I think when you, that's what I was thinking when you were talking about pattern changes, it's really vision and intuition, a combination of that, implementing those into forward movement. But you say things and I think, how does she know this? So it makes sense that you get messages and, and guidance from other places or just from being here before. It could be a combination, but I'm like, wait, that's so cool. How does she know that? (laughs) (laughs) I also sometimes am like, by the way, my name Hafisa without going too much into the details of that, actually is connected to divine knowing. Okay. And it essentially means the God saw who is like divine knowing watches over. So I have like this natural gift of just knowing things. And even sometimes stuff will come out and I'm like, where did that even come yeah. from? How did I le- there? I didn't learn that. There's not a way that I could have learned that. Because that's what I feel when I listen to you and we connect that way. I'm like, wait, how does she know that? And you're probably thinking the same thing. Like, how did that, but it makes so much sense when it rolls off the tongue, right? Yes, absolutely. All I have to do is get out of the way. (laughs) I think we all need to work on that on a daily basis. (laughs) I want to ask you as we wrap things up, because I know you're busy and thank you for being so, a lot of my guests, like the best guests that I connect with so deeply, they say yes so quickly. So thank you for saying yes so quickly for being on the show. You're welcome. Yeah. I just felt like, oh, this will be fun. This isn't something that I haven't been on a ton of beauty business shows. And I, I have a background in, in beauty. Like, let's do it. Well, your lipstick is always fabulous on your lives, first of all. So there's an element of that that shows up in your videos. <laughs> yes. I That is kind of like my, um, a lot of people don't, don't know is I had years in the pageant industry. And also I spend a lot of time in makeup, in hair, in style. And yeah, it's, it's kind of like that thing that brings me back to me. You need to read my friend Lillian's book. It just came out. It is oh, sitting on my kitchen table, Lillian Shelton. I'll send you a link to her book, but it's all about, you guys are so in line with each other. I think you'll enjoy it, but she talks about putting the makeup on before she got ready for her dance recitals. And it's that part of the beauty and women and feeling powerful is spiritual. It's how we prep to show up confidently, a lot of us. So, you know, we, we have to honor that and not think it's a foofy thing. Yeah. I get, I mean, especially from men or just mm, everyone (laughs) in the spiritual industry, it's kind of like a thing where we don't, think that you can be spiritual and beautiful and spiritual and and care about these things. But no, in all of the ancient temples that were associated with the feminine, there is a, a component of adornment. Adornment is a, is a critical piece of connecting with the energy of that, which you are going to create. So for myself, it is through the use of makeup and a red lip because I love me a red lip when I'm going oh. to do certain things. A red <laughs> lip will just make things happen for you. And my other secret weapon is oud, oil, perfume, incense. Anything oud automatically calls into me like this this feeling of of luxury, of abundance, of like life is good when I smell oud. What is oud? You see your beauty biz. You're teaching me something. So oud is one of the most expensive resins that can be turned into an oil and used in perfume. It's a pretty rare thing to be able to get access to. But if you can get some. How do you spell it? O-U-D-H. Oh my goodness. I'm going to have to Google. Yes. Especially if you can get like a 24 karat gold oud oil. Use that before you're getting ready to speak or maybe give a presentation, sell something, et cetera. It just puts you in such an incredible, luxurious energy when you when you smell it. It's amazing. Okay. I'm going to Google that. And um, I'm going to get your address when we stop recording here because I want to send you something. You just triggered something that's going to be a great gift okay. <laughs> for you being on the show today. I love you. <laughs> Oh, good. Is that your love language? That is my love language, and I am unashamed about it. 
perfect. I have a good beauty biz gift for you. So don't let me forget to grab your address. Okay. So we're going to wrap it up here by, would you just share, and you've done this the whole show. So I'm probably putting you on the spot going, oh gosh, but maybe just one or two success tips for entrepreneurs listening in, especially as I mentioned, as we got started, people that may feel a bit overwhelmed by the transition or coming out of survival mode. Just my listeners need to hear some good advice to help us tap back into our confidence. Yeah. The big thing that I I see as an opportunity right now is to not be afraid to address the elephant in the room. So instead of I need to go back into back into the market the way that I was doing things before, really address what people have gone through over this past year, how that has affected them, and why they need your services and products in order to feel better, move forward, so on and so forth. I'm thinking about I mean, just for myself, I have lived at the spa since it, it reopened in my area. That has been my my go-to. That's where I've reconnected with people. That's where I've reconnected with myself. And of course, I'm doing this heavy metal detox. So I've like lived in the sauna and my spa has um, a Russian banya and I get my Venic treatments there. So speak to that person who values that, what they've been going through and, and why they need what it is that, you, that you're offering. It's going to be a little different probably now than it was before, because before things were able to be on a, on a, more, a little bit more of a super, more superficial level, but now there's something so much deeper. We need to reconnect with ourselves, right? We, we need the, that brief moment of time away from our kids that have like just been running around and needing everything and, and us not being able to like really connect with people. Beauty <laughs> is like critical for our well-being. It really I is. just made notes. It, everything you said is, it, is just create the space for people right now. And what do they need? And self-care is such a hot topic right now. Why not tap into that market? Yes. The other piece as well is I think that we're going to see the birth of some absolutely incredible innovations right now. So I think that there's also an opportunity to look at how can this be done in a way that is maybe serving their needs a little bit better or maybe a little bit more considerate. I saw outside of my apartment complex last week that someone brought a, it's like a van, they furnished it to be like this, this mobile salon. And I'm like, how amazing is that? So many people are like working from home now. You can only have, you've got a social distance, so you can only have so many in a space anyway. And now they're like, they've created this fleet of mobile salons, right? So I think that there's so much room for for play and innovation coming out of this. But this is this is the moment where I think our dynamism, our ability to to be flexible and to and to create and innovate is really called for. And those that can do that are not just going to get back to where they were, but they are going to explode. That for sure has been my experience. My business exploded in the middle of the pandemic. And that was because I just didn't buy into what everyone was saying and started innovating. I love it. Yes. That's part of healing wounds is becoming creative and innovative. Well, thank you so much, Makoshi, for being here today. I have enjoyed our conversation. Just give your information again, maybe your Instagram and your website for those people who are going to be really excited to go find you after the podcast. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at the Royal Shaman or my website, theroyalshaman.com. And I always love to hear from people. So feel free to DM me if you have any questions or any just takeaways that you want to share with me. I'm happy to hear it. Awesome. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the Beauty Biz Show. If you enjoyed the show and you would take the time to leave a kind review over on iTunes, that is very much appreciated. And if you find you are left craving more Beauty Biz inspiration and success tools, then you're going to want to head over to beautybizclub.com, which is the premier online success academy where talented practitioners go to maximize their potential and to become booked perfectly. Again, that is beautybizclub.com. And it would be my pleasure and my honor to help you tap into your highest potential in the beauty industry. 